AM 570. In LA sports icon. Fred Rogan is here tonight. Decades on your television covering Los Angeles sports. Fred Rogan, huge in Los Angeles. The Dean. I'm the Dean. Fred Rogan. Weekdays before Petros and Money. A USC All-American. USC's Rodney Peterson. An NFL quarterback. Absolutely perfectly delivered by Rodney Rodney Peterson. Available on the iHeartRadio app or on am570lasports.com. This is Rogan and Rodney. And we continue on. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. All right, Dodgers and Padres out at the stadium tonight. And if you're just jumping on, in the next two hours, we have two more sets of Dodger Padre tickets to give away. You'll have an opportunity to win them, and we'll give you a cue to call. But now let us bring on our good friend, the man that sat in the big chair, a man who understands the importance of these big series, Ned Coletti. And Ned, how are you today? Oh, doing okay, gentlemen. How you guys been? Fine, I'm fine, Ned. Uh, you know, that's late. my partner. That's my partner, Ned. You, might, you know, remember, remember those days when we had to talk him off the ledge and pad the room and lock the windows. Yeah. we're getting, we're almost getting back to that, Ned. Now, so no, is it? Gonna have to hold his hand now. No, I'm good, Ned. Oh boy, no, Ned, I'm good. You know, we talked about it in hour one. And uh, later this hour, we're going to open the phone lines and ask people what their panic meter is. Green is good, orange is concerned, red is panicked. Ned, where's your panic meter? Uh, on a scale, for, what, what, what are the three choices, the three word choices? Green is good, orange is concerned, red is panicked. Uh, I'm good. I'm so good. Yeah, yeah. You want to elaborate on that, Ned, or you just want to go with good? <laughs> You know, uh, the last two days a little rugged. You know, Wainwright was great, great curveball. A lot of sliders yesterday from a, a collection of St. Louis pitchers. Um, I, I sense guys a little anxious, a little tired. Yesterday had a uh, had three guys in the lineup that had, had struggled offensively uh, all in a row. So that's going to derail you a little bit. But uh, I still have a lot of faith. I, and I think the Giants have played great. We said, I've said it all year long. They've been terrific. They've got a big series in Chicago starting uh, tonight. And we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I still think the Dodgers are sitting in a decent spot. They've got to have better at bat. They've got to do what they really do best offensively. And that is really have good at bats and not chase out of the zone. We probably saw... More chases out of the zone, whether it was Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon, than we've seen in a long time. It could be anxiety. It just could be great pitching by Wainwright and uh, the Cardinal guys yesterday. But I think that when they take their time and they're patient and they grind out at bats, I think they're they're going to win a vast majority of the games, and they're going to produce offensively. The pitching's been terrific. Can't say nothing. There's, the pitching has been great all the way through, and it's got a chance to get better with – Clayton Monday, and, and Tony, I thought, threw pretty well yesterday. Uh, by the way, the Cubs are playing the Giants right now, and the Giants have tied the game in the sixth inning, so they're 1-1 in Chicago. And, Ned, uh, are the Dodgers keeping an eye on the scoreboard? Oh, I think they, they look at it, certainly, but they know there's nothing they can do about it. All they can do is win their game. They're not playing San Francisco again, so you know they're, they're going to have to just take care of their own business, and that's kind of the way uh, at this stage of the season it's going to be. There's nothing you can do about it. You've already played San Francisco as much as you can play them. And lost two out of three last weekend, so that one game on Sunday, a lot of swing in that game because it's it's two games. It's, it's either you're up one or you're down one, and uh, obviously it was down one. So, But, you know, Giants have played well, but the Giants are going to have to keep on they're going to have to keep on doing it for the next 20-some games because I think the Dodgers, if they can really calm their minds offensively, 
and take it pitch by pitch. We've seen it. We've seen it far more times than we haven't. I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, and and speaking of that, you know, down the stretch, Ned, you know, Dave Roberts takes a lot of criticism for the way he's well, he takes criticism for everything, number one, but but just uh, going into this, and, and at first it was, you know, why is Scherzer not pitching in in San Francisco and. And the decision was made to move him to St. Louis because those games count, and they're going through a 13-game stretch, which is very difficult, probably the, the most difficult uh, stretch of the Dodgers' season because it is at crunch time. Do you look at it now, and, and to your point of you got to take care of your own business, can't worry about San Francisco, you look at this stretch that, that coming out of this, you know, 13 straight days, uh, you still and if the Dodgers are still that one, two-game away, that's a – that's a positive thing for the Dodgers, don't you think? Yeah, I think that, you know, your, your schedule is tough right now. And it's tough to win games in September, no matter who you are, because everybody's tired. you got a different season this year than a year ago with 60 to 162 games. you got a lot of different factors, but everybody goes through it. Everybody's going to play the same number of games by the time you get down to the, the end of the season, three weeks from Sunday. So everything does equal itself out. Uh, you know, to... To Dave Roberts, uh, you know, some of the people that, that uh, are, are critical there, you know, we don't always know everything. We don't know what, uh, what injuries are going on. We don't know what the, the necessarily the extreme thought process is for anybody. So I've, I've always, I always keep that in mind. I don't know everything. I don't know everything that's going on. I do know they've done a great job of managing a seventh-month season and not just put everything in every day, every day, every day, and you know maybe at some point you got to do that, but you don't have to do that quite yet. And I think if you if you think about what what he said yesterday about Corey not playing Corey because he didn't want to use him 13 straight days, you know they know where Corey's at better than anybody. You know pushing Julio back. I think when you've got somebody that's pitched probably 60, 70 more innings than they've ever thrown before in the big leagues already, and you're not just looking talking about health, you're talking about really consistency. And, and great performances that you're continuing to look to. Somebody can go out there and pitch, but if their if their stuff isn't the same, you know, you're not going to have the, the great results that you've had when he's gone 16 and three. So there's a lot to manage. There's always a lot to manage on a daily basis, an inning by inning basis, a pitch by pitch basis, but also with a little bit of a long view in mind. And sure, you, you fall five or six games back with two weeks to play. Yeah, you, you're in a, in a tougher spot then. But as I said a few times, I always measured it by, hey, when we're trailing, if we, have, if we have fewer games behind than we have weeks to play, in other words, you pick up a game a week, how are you going to be? You'd be fine. And I think, you know, today, if the Giants get beat today, Dodgers win today, we're back at a one-and-a-half, everybody feels a little bit better. That's how close it is. But you've got to manage. People manage, and I'm sure the front office manages, not only for this moment in time, but, you know, for a little bit for tomorrow and the next day. And, you know, you've got to kind of spread it out. That's why they're tough jobs, because you have to manage every day uh, with a percentage of that day being the key day. But if you, if you threw everything in every day, you'd never make it through the season. Ned Coletti is with us. Fred Rogan, Rodney Pete on AM570 LA Sports. I said this when we came on the air today, Ned, uh, and it's not a topic you want to beat into the ground, but Cody Bellinger, I mean, he's really not helping anybody now. I mean, it's kind of like we're to that point. He might be doing more damage than good offensively. Well, it, there's there's not too much argument that anybody could give on that point. You're right. Um, he looks He looks like it's starting to... 
uh, not only affect the average and the at bats, but you know his he, do, he doesn't look as as um, confident as we've seen him look in the past. Um, I think they're you know they're probably hopeful that Gavin Lux can come back and give him give him some good at bats, or Matt Beatty can contribute some. Uh, you know you've got you, you kind of caught in between with the Pollock injury. If, if Pollock isn't hurt, you've got Mookie and you've got AJ and you've got Chris Taylor. You've got three really good outfielders, all right-handed hitters, though. But with Pollock out now, suddenly there's a difference to that. And also Mookie, his his hip, well, however good it is, whatever he's playing through, the play center field is tougher. They're talking about you know playing him at second base and half from time to time. They're trying to take less wear and tear off him, not more, and put him in center field. So kind of caught in between a little bit there. You know, I keep hoping. I've known known Cody for a long time. I keep hoping there's going to be a two hit game, a three hit game, you know, home run, long double to left center, go the other way a little bit, and start to get some confidence. I've seen it come and go with every player I've ever been around, including a lot of guys in Cooperstown. The confidence of the professional athlete is not always at a hundred percent. Guys do go back and forth. Some of the best players I've ever seen at any position, whether position players, pitchers, closers. They all have that doubt for a minute, and I think that you know you've got to get through that. Obviously, that's part of being a professional athlete and part of of what you're what, what you're trusted to do. But that doesn't mean it's easy to do. That means you just have to figure out how to do it. And I think that you know he needs a day where he he can get two or three hits and start to feel comfortable. When does that happen? We don't know. But you know he's probably been. I'm guessing he's been inundated with information and people trying to trying to be helpful to him. And at some point in time, it's going to be up to him. Nobody, nobody goes to the plate but him. Yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting, Ned. From from your perspective as a guy that was in that in that situation, when you when you see Cody, because you're right, everybody goes through their moments and and has their slump. I remember, it, you know, was it a couple of years ago? AJ Pollock in the playoffs was just. Yeah. I think he struck out 15 straight times, and it was just he looked ugly and bad at the plate. And now he's the hottest hitters in baseball before he got hurt. So it des- definitely goes in cycles. Um, but it, when you look at a young guy like this and going for the future, um, is he a guy that you look at that can overcome this and, and make adjustments? Because it, it's been more than just this year. Well, that's that's one of the ironies of the situation for me. You know, Knowing him and being there when he was drafted and, and, and watching him through the minor leagues, he was always somebody – that I could push to another level almost prematurely by maybe a month. And, yeah, you know what? There would be struggle, no doubt. He'd be one of the youngest players in the league. There would be struggle, but there was adjustment. He could always always seem to figure it out and ended up going from somebody who was a little bit overmatched for maybe 20 games, 25 games, to somebody who became one of the dominant players in the league in a few months' time. Of course, just a big league, so it's a little bit different dynamic than it is in, in low A, high A, double A, triple A. But I think it's one of those situations that he's he's kind of he's just kind of caught in between on on the whole the whole thing. And you you've got to be patient because patience is really the toughest attribute to have in these positions. But you've also got to figure out a way to win that day's game. And I think that's the combination that that's it's tough to figure out right now, and it's it's certainly on everybody's mind, including I'm sure Dave Roberts' mind and and Cody's mind. And you know you got you got the defense, which will be you know excellent. You've got the base running, same thing. But you're going to need some offense out of that position. 
unless you're going to play it strictly defense, but then that puts that puts pressure on a few other people to contribute. And it hasn't just been Cody. It's, it's been a few other guys that have struggled lately. To me, baseball is a team game, team sport, team result. No one player wins a game. No one player loses a game. You can go back at every game and say, hey, if the team had did this or did that, made this pitch, made that play, turned this double play, advanced this runner, all those different things. There's probably 25, 30 instances every game that's played that something could have changed the outcome. So it doesn't fall on one player. He's obviously a former MVP, so it's a little bit, uh, the lights are a little bit brighter on him because of really not what he hasn't done right now, but what he's done in his career and what the expectations are. But again, it's, it's a tough business and it's, it's tough to do it. And, you know, getting him on track, nobody wants him more than he does. But again, there's a, there's, you know, when you lose, everybody loses. When you win, everybody wins. Ned, uh, the last time you were on, you told us a great story about a negotiation and, you know, you wanted to sign Prince Fielder as a free agent. And, uh, you know, there was just a point in time where you went, we're not going to go anymore. This is this is the amount we're going to spend. And there had to be other stories like that about guys who were close on as free agents or in trades and then pulled the trigger or, or pulled the plug at the last minute. Do you have any of those? Because those are great. Well, the um, the one that, that probably stands out most is uh, the trade for CC Sabathia, Casey Blake, and Jamie Carroll in the '08 season, and we were we were stopped on a, probably out of financial uh, consideration. That was probably going to be four to five million. We were going to have to add. I think that would have certainly changed uh, the team dynamic terrifically. Uh, for Carl had been out, uh, Nomar had been out, and so we needed a third baseman, which we ended up getting Casey Blake a couple weeks later. Um, and paying the high price of, of Carlos Santana for him because Colorado, uh, Colorado Cleveland paid the entire salary. But uh, that one and a couple relief pitchers later on in my career, uh, I thought I had a shot to get uh, Andrew Miller at one point in time um, and also a uh, Howie Kendrick before he ended up being a Dodger. I had a, had a chance to, to get him also at one point in time, and, and those things just didn't work out. But I thought that we were, you know, you, you get a – when you've done a lot of deals, you, you know if you're on course, you know if you're walking on the path where two sides are going to meet in the middle and, and get something done. And I felt in uh, probably all three of those cases that we you know, we were way past the middle and, uh, and had an excellent chance to do it. But uh, things just didn't work out. That That's part of the dynamic of what you do. But, uh, you know, there's, there's that. Uh, A.J. Przinsky, I don't know if I've ever told you that story with Jerry Reinsdorf. No, tell us. Okay, so I was looking for a. I was trying to get AJ for one year. AJ Pazinski. He was near the end of his career, but I thought, you know, could help the club out. Maybe pair him with AJ Ellis, and he'd have a right-handed, left-handed hitter, and a guy that had won a World Series, and you know, had interest in him. Also, had been around AJ one other year previously to me coming to LA, and um, talked to the agent, and uh, I knew AJ well enough to get on the phone with him and talk some things through, and. And, uh, you know, we were, we were on the verge of doing a deal. I mean, you're probably on the five-yard line, 95 yards done, five to go. And um, he tells me, he says, hey, I'm going, he's in Orlando, Florida. Hey, I'm going to a basketball game tonight, and I'll give you a shout in the morning, right? So I'm waiting in the morning. I'm in L.A., he's in Florida, so it's three-hour time difference, wake up, and no message from AJ or the agent. So I'm thinking, oh, that's not too good. So a couple more hours go by, you know, thinking, ah, this, this probably isn't going to happen. Now, I mean, you just get that feeling, you know. It's like the old saying, you know, when the phone don't ring, you know it's me, you know, type of thing. 
and uh, as as a uh, as as afternoon came out, I, I reached out to the agent, and he said, wait, wait, the agent's going to call you." Man, yeah, man. he said, yeah. "When the phone don't ring, it's me." <laughs> no, you know it's me. <laughs> you know it's me. <laughs> I just had to stop you right there. I'm sorry. I, I, I love that one. I haven't heard that one in a long time. <laughs> So, all right, sorry, know, sorry. I just had to get that in. Yeah, get, okay. Getting in the middle of the day, and so I called the agent. He said, "Well, AJ's going to call you." And I could tell by the tone of you know, you're always listening to tone of voice. You're always listening to where people are at, just by the way they say what they say. And um, so AJ calls and he goes, ah, "I got uh, I got some uh, some." Bad news, I guess. I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I went to the game last night, and I saw Jerry Reinstorf. And uh, he says, hey, what are you up to? What, what's going on? He says, well, I'm, I think I'm signing with the Dodgers tomorrow. And Jerry, according to AJ, says, you're not going to the Dodgers. We're, we're not going to sign you? He goes, no. He goes, what do you need? He goes, well, they're offering me a one-year deal. He says, whatever they're offering you, I'll give you two. But you got to take it now. And he says, okay, you got a deal. And they watched the game together, and that was it. <laughs> oh, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of interesting. In about a month, I don't, I don't usually talk about stuff like this. I'm, I'm being inducted into the Chicago Sports Hall of Fame at the end of October. Well deserved. And uh, one of the guys I'm being inducted with is AJ, no less. So, uh, so that should be. We should have a couple laughs about that on that night in October. I love it. You ought to tell that story when you're inducted. <laughs> I may. <laughs> There's a chance I will. There's a chance I will. You definitely need to. All right, Ned, thanks for coming on. Hopefully the Dodgers turn it around this weekend, and uh, we'll get back with you next week. You got it. You know what? One more thing. I know everybody's you know nervous and this and that. I would still rather be the Dodgers right now than the Giants. I'd still, even if it's two and a half, I'd still rather have that team and the capabilities of that team compared to San Francisco. And San Francisco's been great. No disrespect, zero. I mean, they've been as good as you could be. But I'd still rather be the Dodgers right now over the next three and a half weeks. See you guys later. Speaking of the Giants, they are tied in Chicago at one. They're in the seventh inning, and the Giants are hitting. Uh, Okay, so Dodger fans, where's your panic meter? Green is good. Don't worry about it. Orange is concerned. Maybe there's something we ought to look at here. And red is, oh, my God, the sky is falling. It's not going to happen. 866-987-2570. Where is your panic meter? Let's hear from you next. Oh, Evan Longoria. You yeah. run blast for the Giants. Seventh inning. Up 3-1 now. Nobody out. I don't know how they keep doing it. You know what it is. Yeah, it's um, they're healthy. You know, relatively healthy. Everybody's had their issues, but they've been, you know, their big guns have been healthy. They've got a great mixture though of veteran guys and young guys. So even when they're going through this winning stretch of the season, everybody well, well, they won't last. They won't last. Well, they still got Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey and Belt. I mean, all those guys that have been there during their championship days that understand it. Even. Evan Longoria, a veteran guy that understands it too. So it's a good mixture that they got up there that they're, you know, their veteran guys are not letting, you know, the newcomers or the young guys kind of get caught up into, hey, we're in first place. We don't have to do anything else. Yeah. You know who that is? That's Farhan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely is. Yeah. He put them together just like they put the Dodgers together. Right. 
It's yeah. a great mixture. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, pitching change now in Chicago. Giants up 3-1, top of the seventh. Uh, nobody out, and the Giants have runners on first and second, so that doesn't look very good. Okay, Dodger fans, where's your panic meter? Green is good, orange is concerned, and red is panicked. Bo and Long Beach, where is your panic meter? Guys, how's it going? Uh, I'd say on the division, I'm starting to go a little orange, I, I and not Giants orange. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen, but... Like Rodney said, you know, we might just have to do it the long way. Um, I still feel great about the team. Um, Bellinger might be in the red, but uh, we'll see what we can do. Appreciate it, Bo. Thanks for listening, and thanks for calling. 866-987-2570. All right, where's your panic meter? That's the question now. Rodney said he was in green. Yes. I am in green as well. Let me ask you, when they had to play that one game against Colorado that year. Yeah, I was in red. You were in red. Yeah. You felt that way. I did. See, I, I didn't feel there was any doubt they were going to beat Colorado at home with Walker Bueller on the hill. Yeah. All right. There was just no question. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we may we may get that, uh, that bite at the apple again this year. Yeah. And uh, the Dodgers will have Scherzer on the hill. I'm taking Scherzer. Yeah. Against whoever he pitches against. Then we just have to hope the bats show up. All right. If it comes to that. Josh in L.A., where's your panic meter? Hey guys, it's uh, between uh, orange and red, based on our uh, record in one-run games and extra innings, and that falls directly on Dave Roberts. Oh, there and he is! And there it, he and is! If we, if we get in a one-game playoff, strategy-wise and tactician-wise, we're always at a disadvantage. And if we lose the wild card game, he can be fired and go manage a Burger King. Okay, Josh. Here we go. Every Josh, got, always got to get a shot in. Of course. Always got to get a shot. And thanks, Josh. Thanks for listening. Uh, Angela, are you actually in Hawaii? Yes, I am. Okay. Well, thank you for listening on the app. Uh, where's your panic meter? It is that orange. You're it's in Hawaii. Orange. How can every it be time... an orange? I watch every <laughs> game. Sportsnet LA. I'm as nervous as the, you know what, going to church. And I just. No, I don't know what. What? It, <laughs> as nervous as a whore at church. <laughs> Way to go, Angela. I'd have given you the Dodger tickets for turn Hawaii. Go ahead. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, it's just every time there's a pressure game, every time it's something big, you know, we tend to choke. I'm nervous about the. I'm nervous that we're not going to be able to pound our pod. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't the Dodgers, aren't they the defending champions? Yes, I mean, they I, are. Now we're talking about their chokers. I don't understand. Well, I said against pressure when there's some kind of big pressure. Look at Kenley Jansen. So within one uh, year, within less than a year, they've turned from champions and doing great in big games and big moments to chokers. What did you say about Cody Bellinger? Oh. <laughs> I don't think he's choking. I just don't think he's playing very well. God, he no, doesn't need to show up when it comes to bats. Well, that's true. Come on, Matt Beatty. Get in there. All right, Angela. Thanks. Appreciate the call. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Well, the, fire, the 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 defending champion manager. Let's get rid of him. Oh, he wanted him fired when he won the championship. Yeah, he did. Right after he won, he wanted him fired. And then and then we're talking about the Dodgers, who are still the defending champions, are chokers now. Dave in L.A. Go ahead, David. Uh, where's your panic Easy. meter? 
Okay, so right now it's at green, um, but this Padre series is huge in my opinion because I would want to see the Reds way more than the Padres, and it's really not just the Padres I don't want to see, it's Blake Snell. I do not want to see a one-game playoff game where the Dodgers get shut out by Blake Snell and then they go get their butt kicked by the Giants. Um, so that's why I'm like really uh, concerned if we don't win this series against the Padres and keep them out of the second wild card spot. David, appreciate the call. And by the way, next week you can't amend your panic meter. This is your panic meter at this moment. He's green, but concerned. Yeah. All right? After, after the series, he says he's... He could amend is, it. Which, you know, again, which is the worst part about that one game. And, you know, I'm, I'm still confident. But, yeah, you throw you trot a guy out like Blake Snell who can be dominant or even even like the Dodgers face Wainwright who could be dominant. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been older, but he can have those moments of being dominant. And same thing with Snell, as we've seen a couple times. Still saw it in the World Series and saw it, you know, the, the other time they just faced him. So it's scary. Yes, it's scary. You definitely wanted to win the division, but I still give uh, I still give uh, a lot of confidence, and I have a lot of confidence in the Dodgers, regardless of how they get there. Well, the Dodgers better win tonight because Brandon Belt has just hit a two-run homer for San Francisco. Veteran guys. Yep. Now it's five to one in the top of the seventh. Paul in Oceanside, where is your meter? Hi, Rodney and Fred. I hope you guys are well. Yes. Uh, yeah, the, the meter's at green. You know, I mean, uh, there's still some time in the season to, to catch the Giants. I mean, I know it's dwindling, but uh, uh, there's still a little bit of time there. And then, you know, I don't care who it is at a one-game series. That's why we got old Max Scherzer. Uh, he's he's going to shut whoever down. Yeah, and the, so, the question uh, becomes there, even if he shuts them down, are the Dodgers going to hit? That's the only question. Yeah, the pitching has been great. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, yeah, I still am confident that uh, uh, the Dodgers can get this thing done. All right. Appreciate the call. Paul, thank you. And Art in Porterville, go ahead. Hey, my name is Art Vallejo, sitting with my coworker, Mike Savala. And our hey, concern is it's, it's in the yellow. We don't like the color orange. So we'll say yellow. Uh, but it's the batting. It seems like more people are going for a quota more than trying to push the player over so we can get the run in. Art, thanks for the call. Yeah, I mean, people have been saying that for a couple of years now. They don't move runners around. You know, I think you can sit here, Rodney, and try to dissect the whole thing. I think you could try to rip it to shreds. They're two and a half games behind the Giants. They're going to be in the playoffs. You don't need to rip everything to shreds. It's just, this is where they're at right now. But you don't need to rebuild anything. You're not firing Dave Roberts. You're not changing the way they play. Because it's worked. And on top of it, it's worked and they've won. All right, Kevin, clear the lines. If you didn't get in, apologies. But there is news. We're giving away those Dodger tickets here in a second. Sports. Never had a lot. This is all I need. Oh, yeah, on a Friday, Rodney Pete, Fred Rogan. Loving a beautiful Friday in Southern California. Tell you what, it's a great day for Mary in Highland Park. Mary, how you doing? I'm great. It is a beautiful day. Because you have done it. You've won a pair of tickets to see the Dodgers take on the Padres tomorrow night out at the stadium. 
They're courtesy of our friends at WSS. They are now a proud partner of the LA Dodgers. To visit a store near you, visit shopwss.com. Mary, have a great time tomorrow night, and thank you for listening. Oh, yes. You guys are great. Love you guys. Thank you so much. All right. And now, from the court to the courtroom with Jacob M. Ronnie. All right, our buddy Jacob M. Ronnie jumps on. Jacob, how are you today? Happy Friday, guys. I'm jealous. I thought I was going to be the one who's going to win those tickets. <laughs> well, you know, Jacob. Uh, you're winning every day, Jacob. Yeah, what are you talking about? That's right, Jacob. You're a winner every day. <laughs> Good job, Rodney. Good job. That's kind of you guys. Thank you. All right. As a proud partner of the Lakers, two moves in the post. We've not talked about either one. Mark Gasol is gone. They sent him to Memphis, and then uh, they will buy him out, and he'll stay in Spain. And they signed DeAndre Jordan. What do you think? Listen, I think, obviously, we all thought that, you know, Mark's days are over. He's the one who said he wanted to come back and finish up his contract. But I think the Lakers, you know, showed – that he really wasn't in the plans uh, going forward. And, you know, obviously he gets a chance now to stay in Spain, maybe play with Powell, or just, you know, kind of enjoy all the money he's made over the years. Uh, you know, DeAndre, you know, you know what I saw from DeAndre getting signed is the fact that the other players are happy about DeAndre being part of the team. Uh, you know, AD was excited having him around. You know, he's another locker room guy. You know, if he can play some defense, I don't even know how many, you know, minutes he'll really even be getting. But if he can, you know, play some defense, give us a, you know, a presence when he does come in for the few minutes that he's there, I think it's a good signing. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we were not going to be keeping three centers. And potentially this now means that, you know, they're going to go after another 3 and D guy. There's been a lot of conversations about, you know, Ennis. So let's see. You know, I'm, I'm proud of what Rob does. He does not stand still. He keeps, you know, making moves. He wheels and deals. And, uh, you know, another couple of moves that, you know, I think most Laker fans are going to be, you know, generally happy about. Hey, hey Jacob, what do you think about this? Because we're going to hear about the age factor, all the jokes, the AARP and walkers, and Fred makes them on a regular basis, uh, you know, about the group rate they can get at the early bird special at Denny's. I mean, he's, he's not anymore. Not anymore. They got rid of making those jokes. I tend to think that <laughs> a lot of, a lot of these guys, uh, and the way they just what you said is that they, they all got excited. DeAndre's from all accounts and everywhere he's been, everybody, his teammates love him. So, he, you know, to say that those guys were excited to have him in the locker room was great. But I think with all those guys, there's a there's a level of, Okay, don't don't forget. There's a level of pride, and they're hearing all this chatter too, um, that they will have, especially as veteran guys, that I think could work out pretty well. Jacob, hey, listen. First of all, you know, boys don't win championships; men win championships. Speak and I think on it, Jacob. Speak you on know, it. I, I think you know having the veterans is uh, you know is a lot better on a year that you're going all in to win a championship. Uh, you know, and when you look at bringing somebody like DeAndre, everyone is basically saying it's going to be the Lakers and the Nets in the finals. It's nice to have somebody who actually played in that, you know, in that system for a couple of years. You know, how much he brings in, Rodney, you can probably tell us more because, you know, when a player plays in a system and goes to another team, you know, are they going to be able to bring any information? Obviously, that remains to be seen. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, I think when you look at it, it literally is beginning to look like there's only two teams in the NBA, the Lakers 
and the Nets. You know, nobody else really made significant improvements to say that's who, you know, jumped in front of these guys in terms of being in the, you know, NBA finals. So ultimately, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to health. If our team is healthy, we're going to be fine. And you know what? what's comical to me is that everyone talks about all of these things, but when is the last time somebody has talked about Anthony Davis? Remember, Anthony Davis not being healthy is the reason we did not advance last year in the playoffs. If you have AD being healthy and AD being himself, you're already way ahead of a lot of the other teams. So I think health at the end of the day is going to mean a lot. And I think having veterans that could step in at any time if somebody is injured is going to make a big difference, which is something we didn't have last year. We looked lost when the veterans were out. Uh, Jacob, before we let you go, uh, our listeners love it when you when you share some wisdom with them. And uh, you got to be careful every day you drive. But the weekends, I would think, are even more concerning because more people are out and people are drinking. You know, there is. And I think one of the biggest things that frustrates all of us is, you know, on the weekends and someone's involved in an accident, you know, they have nobody to pick up the phone and talk to because, you know, all the doctors are out. All the doctor's offices are closed, so you have to go to the emergency room. And a lot of, you know, my client years ago would, would say, if I need an attorney on the weekends, you guys are never around until Monday morning when you guys pick up your phone. So, you know, based on those feedback from a lot of people is the reason, you know, our firm went 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because I feel like at any time, if you need to talk to somebody that you need, you should be able to reach them. And I think the same thing happens when someone's involved, you know, in an accident over the weekend. We always encourage them not to wait until Monday. You know, we tell them, get your medical care immediately. Go to the emergency room. Go to an urgent care. Address your concerns both in a healthy, you know, manner as well as calling us. And people, you know, really take, uh, you know, take to that because I feel like if you know that even on the weekend if something goes wrong, you're going to be treated as if it was during the week. I think you feel much, much more comfortable. And, you know, that's one of the biggest things that I think is important in any profession. You want to be able to be available to your clients no matter when they need them. You don't want to be sort of pigeonholed into a time uh, restriction for anybody. And, uh, you know, we try to do that for our clients. And, you know, we always hope people are not in- involved in an accident. But just in case they are, you know, we got to be there for them. All right. Well, Jacob, thanks for coming on as always. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll chat again next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend.